and what is good all right guys i know that it's been a minute but i got good news we got the one and only jeff griffin guys i want you to go pull out your phone right now and follow this guy instagram facebook youtube the internet go buy his book uh the quality of the audio on this is terrible but i promise you the quality of the messes that jeff brings to the table is worth it and i just needed to share it with you i love y'all till next time let's go Is my volume coming through okay? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you great. Perfect. Cool. Perfect. All right, guys. So welcome back to the None of Your Business podcast. Um, I came across this gentleman that's sitting in front of me, and his story uh, just hit me so hard. I was at VCon, and how he articulated his speech i felt like i was the only one in lucas oil stadium uh, and there was a lot of people there so jeff griffin uh welcome you can probably introduce yourself way better than i can so welcome to the show man hey man appreciate that uh appreciate you allowing me to be on here robert and um None of your business. I like that. None of your business uh, podcast. Thank you. And, and um, just this idea of, you know, there is power in organized effort. And whether it's uh, one-on-one, one-on-many, um, there is power in organized effort. And so thank you so much for organizing this. Thank you so much for allowing me to uh, share some light on your audience Thanks for uh, letting me drop some truth bombs. And uh, this is going to be a fun, uh, you know, a, a fun moment together. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, first off, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. They can find me. The best place is if you go to my website, griffinmotivation.com, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, motivation.com. Um my social handles are up there in the top. You can go to LinkedIn. You can go to Instagram. You can go to Twitter. You can go to, uh, you know, anywhere. If But the easiest and quickest way is to go to griffinmotivation.com. And um, and so, yeah, I would love, love to see you. Love to uh, uh, get in contact. And and um, anyways, Robert, I'm just still, I'm still a little stunned, a little, uh, you know, tongue tied with that statement where you're like, you know what, I was in Lucas Oil Stadium and there was tons of us here, thousands of us, and it felt like he was speaking to me directly. And so, anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm still kind of hung up on that statement there, and I'm like, man, that is awesome because that's my desire is to make sure that, uh, that I, they. Uh, lighten the load and lift the spirit and uh and so uh anyway thank you for that those kind words absolutely i 
yeah and I, I i mean it i was just sitting in that chair i was like wow like this guy's has a pretty incredible story uh so let's talk about it uh <clears throat> i love how you know i've i've done after uh i met you i did a little bit of research and i love how you say that you are the best speaker that you haven't heard of and that is correct you know when les brown junior uh says that you are the best motivational speaker out there that has like are you kidding me les brown junior like that's pretty pretty impactful so you know you a lot of things that you said uh at vcon it resonated with me uh and you know i just you being from utah anytime somebody says that they live in utah i like i automatically like oh what utah utah's like you know my home away from home so uh you know jeff who are you and what do you do oh absolutely um i speak all over the world you know i used to be an educator i was an educator for 17 years before that i was a banker and, and um, I was just at the bank um, I ever hired and things were great. Had a team of eight and we were going great. You know, things were rolling, making money, helping other people make money and it was not fulfilling. So I went into the education world for 17 years and love what I did, but could not do what I loved. And that is to get out on stage and to impact the lives of thousands so if I can impact, if I can inspire a thousand people to inspire a thousand people, we've just inspired a million people. And that's how we break it down to the simplicity. I always like to find the simplicity on the far side of complexity. And so um, I left a comfortable, consistent paycheck to uh, to venture out onto the speaking world. Um, left in 2017 of November, didn't make a dime until May of 2018. Was hoping to get 26 paid speeches that year. We ended up with uh, 46, but they were for peanuts and pennies. So the next year, um, I was going to turn, you know, turn my nickels into dimes. And we got 60 speeches the following year, and we tripled our revenue. And things were just booming, and things were great. And, and then uh, 2020, I was going to decrease my speeches, but triple my revenue. We had just, uh, you know, got up that other that next level of... Uh, speaking engagements and and then um first quarter was we were on target to do the very that very thing you know i was going to decrease it to 50 speeches but increase uh triple my revenue again but unbeknownst to the world and all speakers that uh you know i, I did not know i was going to decrease my speeches as much as i did in 2020 when COVID hit and uh yeah. just shut down but what was interesting is because of 2018 and 19, we had enough impacts where we were doing some things online and having an impact there as well. And um, and so in, at the end of 2020, um, one of the companies I spoke to twice, they had a business development position open up and they invited me to, to come work for them for two years. I'm like, well, what does that mean? What do we do? Like, we have no idea, but you're the man. And I'm like, okay. So we implemented the things that I've been speaking about on stage and we helped that company go from 50 million in sales to 130 in sales in, in over two years. And um, they're in a great, great 
position right now, but it's now 2023 and it's now time for me to get out, back out into the world and share this message, share this message um, that that you heard there at uh, VCon, this message that, uh, you know, I speak all over the world and I come rolling out on stage. You know, people can't see me, but I'm in a wheelchair, was paralyzed almost 30 years ago in between seasons. So I was a football player, collegiate football player. And in between seasons, I was up 40 feet down some scaffolding and I broke my back, left me paralyzed from the waist down. The doctors gave me a life sentence of never walking, standing and moving again. And, and that was devastating because my identity was in my physicality. My identity was how fast I could run. My identity was how well I could run those routes and how great I could catch the ball. And I was a receiver in, in, in college. And so when that was taken away from me, you know, I went into a tailspin. And when the doctor gave me a life sentence of never living life, you know, out of a wheelchair again, it it, uh, it devastated me. And when that doctor gave you that, uh, like, do you remember your first thought? Yeah, I do. I remember that, um, you know, I wanted to shake my fist at God. I wanted to point fingers at everyone else. I wanted to blame uh, myself for setting up the equipment that I did that caused me to fall 40 feet. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to blame everybody but myself. And, um, and, and so I was devastated and I entered the sauna of self-pity as I called it. And I was wallowing and around in that syrupy, sticky sauna of self-pity and having a pity party. I was just feeling sorry myself. And I'm like, um, you know, life was just, um, was was crazy and um for me because it was upside down it was something that i did not anticipate did not understand and um and and so yeah i, I entered that sauna of self-pity and and telling you life sucks in the sauna you think you think it's nice you think it's great and it is for a second but life sucks in the sauna i yeah uh, absolutely. And I'm sure, you know, everyone, we all go through struggles. It doesn't matter what our background is, uh, but we all go through struggles, but we can overcome them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in when you're laying in the hospital, you, what, you're in the hospital for three months? Is that? I was supposed to be there three months. Yeah, absolutely. Three months. And how long until, uh, so you're in the hospital three months, you wanted to walk out of the, of the hospital, and then you unfortunately you didn't do that but you were at home and your grandma was living with you and then you took the walker from your grandma as she was sitting down and you walked what down the hallway like now what was going through your mind at that moment yeah let me give your listeners a little bit of content um context here you know when the, when the doctor told me I'd never walk and move my legs again, he showed me the evidence. He showed me a picture of my back and, and I couldn't move. I couldn't do any of those things, but I had a different opinion. I had a different opinion, but that opinion didn't come until a little bit later. because so I was in that sauna of self-pity and, and you have to exit. You have to exit that sauna of self-pity. You've got to flip the switch. And you got to reframe things and see things different. And I had a difficult time doing that. But fortunately for me, there was a prisoner at the hospital that set me free from my prison. Oh, really? uh, this prisoner was uh, doing some time uh, for, for whatever reason. He was lifting weights in the prison, had an aneurysm in his brain and uh, paralyzed from the right side of his body. And he, you know, we were at lunch 
they wouldn't feed me at the hospital anymore in bed. I had to get out and, uh, and go to the cafeteria if I wanted to eat. And so I went to the cafeteria. I wanted to be by myself. I want to be all alone in the corner. And this, this tray just plops right in front of me. And I looked up and I was about to tell the guy to take a hike with some colorful words that I won't repeat right now. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the guy looks at me and I look at him. And before I could tell him to go take a hike, he asked me a question that changed my life forever, that helped me exit that sauna. And the that? question that he asked me was, why are you crying, dude? And I'm like, what? And like, why are you crying, dude? And in his slurred speech, I recognized what he was asking me. And the question he was asking me was, why are you crying, dude? And that instantly caused me to flip the switch and look around. And I noticed that there was a guy who was paralyzed from the neck down. He had a halo screwed to his skull. He couldn't even move, couldn't even feed himself. Somebody was had to, you know, had to uh, feed him. He couldn't do a thing on his own. There was a guy next to him who was paralyzed from the neck down. And he had some movement in his arm, but he couldn't close his fingers. And so they taped a fork to his hand. And here he is attempting to feed himself with the little movement that he has. And by the time he gets the fork to his mouth, the morsels had fallen down. He, he had a small little bite. And that just smacked me on the side of the head. And it just gave me an eye opening. And I realized, holy cow, I can focus on what I can't do or I can focus on what I can do. Mm -hmm. I can focus on what I don't have or I can focus on what I do have. And what I do have is movement. I do have the ability to give hugs, be able, the ability to transfer, the, be able, the ability to feed myself. And, and, and so that question just snapped me out of my pity party, um, allowed me to exit that sauna of self-pity, and I've never been back since. And so one thing I've learned is we've got to learn how to flip the switch and reframe things, see things for what we can do instead of what we can't do. And, and from that day on forward, I'm like, okay, fine, this is great. I am going to focus on what I can do and what I want to do. And one of those things that I wanted to do was walk again. I'm like, in my heart of hearts, the song that sang to my soul was, you're going to walk again, Griff. You're going to walk and not faint. You're going to run and not be weary. You're going to have a full recovery in a reasonable amount of time. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk. And I told the doctors I was going to walk. And he's, he just laughed at me. He pointed his finger at me. He's like, it's impossible, Griff. You can't do that. And so I told the therapist and the therapist like, let's do it. And so we went down to the parallel bars and with, with some braces and with her help, we got into a standing position of after five minutes. And then we went the distance of the parallel bars, which was about 20 feet. And, and I looked down and the, the, the therapist was lifting my leg, pulling it forward, placing it down, lifting my leg, pulling it forward, placing it down. She, she did that the whole way there. And, um, by the time I got to the end of the parallel bars, I'm sweating and she's sweating. Sorry, she's glistening. Ladies don't sweat. But I collapsed in my chair and I'm like, maybe I don't want to walk. But then I had to adjust my attitude and remind myself, no, this is, this is the song inside your soul. And, um, but I couldn't do things. But what I could do is, you know, I couldn't move myself. I couldn't, uh, I didn't have the strength to do that. But what I could do is I could go out in front of the hospital, sit in, in the sunshine, read my Calvin Hobbes book and laugh a little bit because I needed a little bit of cheering up to do and exercise in my mind. I could, I was exercising. I was doing leg extensions, leg squats, leg presses and leg curls, and even watching myself walk down the road. And some of the heaviest lifting I've ever done is in between my ears. 
And that's, and that's, you know, going back to the very, very beginning, I come rolling out on stage and I address the elephant in the room about how good looking I am. And besides that, I'm in a wheelchair and I went from six, one to four, seven, I was paralyzed given a life sentence. But what I've learned is most of us, if not all of us are paralyzed from the demons of doubt, fear, and complacency. And that's what's damaging our society. That's what's damaging us as individuals. That's what's killing us, killing our dreams and snuffing and snuffing that uh, song that sings inside our soul and causing us to, to retreat into the shadows of society. We need to come out and be a light, come out and live life and come out and experience this beautiful gift we've been given, which is life. And, um, and so this mental paralysis, there's a lot of stuff we can do inside our minds. And, and a lot of us won't do that heavy lifting that's required. And so for me, I'm like, you know, going back to what you mentioned about being in my house and with my grandmother who, uh, who had her walker, she lived with us and she got around the house with a walker and, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to walk. I thought I was going to walk out of the hospital. I didn't. It took me 15 minutes to get in my chair. I thought I was going to walk six months. Six months came and went, nothing. I thought I was going to walk in a year. Year came, nothing. Two years, nothing. And then there was a small little twinge in my hip. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I love the quote from Vince Labardi that says, man cannot dream himself into character. He must hammer and forge one for himself. We can dream all day long. We can desire all day long. We can work that mental um, program in our minds all day long, but we still have got to do, we've got to hammer and forge one for ourselves. And sometimes hammering and forging means that mental workout. But uh, for me, I'm like, oh, I've got a small little movement in my, my leg now. And so I took the, the walker from my grandmother, as you mentioned, she was sitting down and I stood up and I went the distance of the parallel bars towards the door that led outside the house. I made it to the door and it took, it took me 30 minutes to get there. And I turned around and I looked at my grandmother. I'm like, help. And she's like, I'm in a lazy boy. Can't help you. So I had to come back to her to get to my wheelchair. Um, it, it took me an hour to get back. So round trip was an hour and a half just to go 20 feet. And, um, and so, you know, it's going back to, all right, am I really going to walk again? Am I really going to run again? Am I really going to accomplish this dream that I have inside my soul? Uh, because people kept on telling me like, Griff, your dream's delusional. You're crazy. It's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. And, um, and so I when all these people were telling you this, and what was your like? Were you just like, nope, you're wrong. Like, I'm, I'm gonna walk again. Like, screw all you guys. Like, what was your thought process when everyone's telling you no? Yeah. So, Robert, I, I, I'd be lying if I was consistent. I was up. I was down. I was left. I was right. I was all over the place. And I'm like, oh yeah, maybe. You know, I, I like to use the the phrase. You know, when I'm trying to to go the distance of the parallel bars for the first time. You know, little Thomas the train that thought he could. Yeah, I think I can. 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 So I changed it from instead of I think I can to I know I can. I know I can. I know I can. Trying to be more positive, you know, trying to throw out these affirmations. But I know I can. I know I can. And then it turned to oh, I thought I could. Thought I could. I thought I could. I thought I could. 
while still doing it, while still going through the motions, while still trying to continue to move forward. But it, it went from, I think I can to, I know I can to, oh, I thought I could, to eventually it finally clicked. It, it, uh, it, it finally got to that point where it's kind of like that kernel of, of popcorn, mm-hmm. that kernel of corn. You put it onto the heat, you put it to the fire, and nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. You leave it there long enough, all of a sudden it pops. It pops into something that's edible. It's, it pops into something that's usable. And so I went from I think I can to I know I can to I thought I could to I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Meaning I'm glad I continued to this process. And I trust in the process that I had no idea what was going to work, but I trusted it anyway and continued to do it. And eventually I got to the point where, you know, I, I can get up out of my chair and I can go the distance of the parallel bars without a walker without some crutches, without the aid of a therapist. And I can, and I can cross the stage and, um, you know, I can, I, I can walk with swagger as I say, but, uh, but now I can get up on my feet. I can, you know, get on the elliptical bike and, and go five miles on the elliptical bike. You know, I, I just moved at the base of Mount Ben Lomond in Ogden, Utah. It's 9,711 feet. I looked at that in 2019. And I'm like, I want to climb that. I want to get to the top. And so me and a group of um, 20 men and, and young boys hiked all the way to the top. Really? And I took every single step to the top. Hell yeah. That's, man, your story just blows me away. Um, and, you know, how you keep driving and not giving up. Because a lot of people give up. You know, I'm somebody who, you know, at once gave up, uh, you know, back in 2018, I relapsed on heroin and meth. Uh, I ended up homeless in Vegas with a woman who was abusive in every way possible. Uh, when we got back up to Montana, she got arrested. I thought it was my fault. So I was like, all right, well, if, you know, she's done, if she's in jail and I can't get her out, it's my fault. So I tried to kill myself with an overdose on meth and heroin. And I woke up in the hospital and I was like, what am I doing? Like, Robert, you didn't get your shit together. Like, um, so, you know, I got out of the hospital and I, I wish I could say that I went and, you know, got clean that second, but I, I went and I tried it again. And then a voice in my head was like, Robert, you like, you need to get your stuff together, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you, the, the last, you know, two years, you, it literally almost died. Like, I don't know how many times I was in Vegas thinking that I was going to die. And then I, if my dad didn't find me in the basement uh, and, you know, because I overdosed, like they called the ambulance and I'm here today because of that. But it was because of the demons in my head that almost took me out. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, somebody who's listening to this, do you have any advice for if they're, if they're, you know, trying to battle the demons in their head. Like, what would you do? Or what did you do? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, as, as I mentioned before, it was that prisoner that set me free from my prison. The question that he asked me. Yeah. And, um, and, and here's what's interesting. You know, there's four sources of resilience. You know, you got relationship resilience. You've got street resilience. You've got resource resilience. And you've got rock bottom resilience. And uh, most people have like a dominant source that they turn to and ignore the other three. 
So if you understand the, the four sources of resilience, you know, you can work on some of the ones that you're, you're lacking at. Um, one that I know of that, that I tap into all the time is street resilience, which is, which is being disrespected, which is taking the disrespect, which is taking the, you know, you can't do this or you can't do that. And, and using that as fuel to, uh, to go and do it, you know, tell me that I can't, and I'll show you that I can. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to describe street resilience. And, and so I tap into that. Um, but what's interesting is, is so often is when we begin our journeys, when we decide, you know, I'm going to change. We've got a ton of past programming that's that, that we're dealing with. We've got pushback that is happening. We've got, you know, this, the, the scriptures talk about the dog returning to its vomit. You know, we as human beings want to return to our vomit. We want to return to what's familiar. We want to return to what's comfortable. We want to return to um, to what we know and understand. And so when we decide to change, there's going to be opposition to our optimism. Mm. there's going to be opposition to our optimism. And so we've got to understand because so often we think that the opposite of success is failure. Mm. And so if we fail, then we did not succeed. But I don't believe that's true at all. I don't believe the opposite of success is failure because I've never met anyone stumbles and falls. I don't know how many times I've stumbled and fall. I don't know how many times that I've struggled. I don't know how many times that I've relapsed of saying, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I can't do this. Maybe it's, it, it's impossible. And so we've got to redefine what success is. We've got to redefine what she's been able to do before in the past. She thinks that she is failing, that she is not having success. Success is, and, and, and give our first or triumphs at last as long as we just don't quit. And so I believe the opposite of success is to, to give up, to quit, to not even try. And, um, and so something new when you're doing something that you've never done before. Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, that's the, that's the secret to success is, is KFC. Not Kentucky Fried Chicken, but KFC, which is to know what you want, finish what you started, and celebrate the process. That's what's being you looking good. That's what brings you success is knowing what you want, finishing what you started and celebrating this and celebrating the process because, you know, and the, and part of the process is knowing what you want. Most of us don't know what we want, but the majority of us know what we don't want. And that's what, uh, that's what leads us down wrong roads is because we don't know what we want and we're, and we're just kind of lost. We're lost in that void. We're lost in that divide we're we're lost in that darkness and so we've got to um rise in altitude so that we can see um what's what's in front of us to see what's actually out there instead of always just living in the swamp always just living in the jungle always living in that darkness absolutely so if you know somebody's like struggling to find like align themselves with their values so they can get to their desire of what they actually want and live a lifestyle that they deserve and that have that mental clarity like do you i know there's more than just three tips because it's a whole process but if somebody wants to start this process mm -hmm. like if just baby steps like three tips like what would you suggest for somebody with those baby steps to get to that desire to align with their values 
do the daily dime all the time. Step number one. What do you mean by do that? Do the daily dime all, all the time. And so what the daily dime is this is is the process, right? Is what helps us with that possibility principle, that P squared mindset that allows us to really, you know, go have that longevity to stay on course um, and, and to do the things that we truly desire which will help us to even find a desire that matches up with our dreams to discover our dreams and, and all that stuff. And so this possibility principle, the first step, the first step I would suggest is to go to my website, go to the contact page in the subject line, write down in the subject line possible. We will send you the possibility principle for free. Um, companies pay us thousands of dollars to come teach the possibility principle, which is the which is the footings of the foundation. It's what holds up everything, in my opinion. And the possibility principle comes from Ralph Waldo Emerson's quote, where he says, that which we persist in doing becomes easier for us to do, period. Developing a dream will come easier the more we do it. Maintaining our direction will come easier the more we do it. And so the thing is, is Step number one is getting that possibility principle. Go to griffinmotivation.com, go to the contact page, text the word possible. We'll send you the possibility principle, and then you can begin your journey. And then part of that journey, the next step is to do the daily dime, which is part of the daily dime is to, is to do the simple little assignment that comes with the possibility principle. And, and what you're doing is the daily dime is five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night. And if you will, if you'll just take five minutes in the morning and do the daily dime and then end your day with the daily dime, five minutes a night, you'll be surprised at how your life change and, and, uh, and how it, how it will just open up the floodgates of imagination will just open up and things will start to fall into place. And things just start to happen and you're like holy cow this is a miracle this is providence this is this is amazing and because here's what here's here's one of the three lies we tell ourselves lie number one i'm not good enough mm -hmm. robert might be good enough susie might be good enough dave might be good enough jeff might be good enough but i'm not good enough mm -hmm. and that's a bunch of crap because every single one of us has the ability to achieve our the dreams and desires that are inside of us. We come from infinite intelligence. We come from a higher creator. We, we come from, you know, we were created to create and we have a creator who wants to co-create with us. And we have to realize that we come, we have God DNA inside of us. And we have the ability to, to, to achieve our dreams and desires. And so line number one is I'm not good enough. I don't have the ability. We do. We all do. We've just been told the lie so many times that we believe it. We believe it's true. We believe that it's delusional. We believe that it's impossible. We can't do this. We can't get up and walk. You can't walk again. You can't climb that mountain. You can't get over your, your drug addiction. You can't get that girl. You can't get that job. You can't be a world record holder. You know, you can't uh, be sober the rest of your life. And, and we've been told all these lies. And so 
you know, line number one is I don't have the ability. And the truth is we do have the ability. We do have the ability. And that daily dime, that daily dime helps remind us, helps us, re, help re, it helps remind us of where we came from, who we are, and what we have the ability to accomplish. And it helps us to realize that we have the tools inside of us. And line number two is, I don't have the tools or skills. That's a bunch of crap. We all have the tools and skills, and, and they're found within us. They're found above us. They're found, you know, within that DNA, that spark, you know, that God spark. And uh, we have those answers. And if we'll just take the time to tap into it and to pay attention to those, those small messages that are trying to get to us. And, and we're just blocking them. We're putting up barriers. We're, you know, we've got bugs on our windshield that mm -hmm. we're, not, we're not willing to clean. And the daily dime helps us clean up um, that um, that disconnect. And the daily dime helps us reconnect. The daily dime helps us remember who we are, what we're capable of doing. Five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, and um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful process. That uh, you know that if we trust, if we trust the process, it's going to help us progress. But so often we just focus on the promises. And we abort the process and we never get to our destination. So we've got to trust the process. And so step number one, get the possibility principle. Step number two, do the daily dime. And I, you know, I've, got a, I've got a book called Endless Possibilities, which is the tool that helps you with that for 90 days. It's the 90-day recipe for world record results. You know, somebody came up with this study that uh, it takes 21 days to start a habit. The study shows that it takes 21 to 260 days, somewhere in between. But they just pick 21 days and they're like, it takes 21 days to start a habit. They say that it, it at 60, at 66 becomes habitual, becomes automatic. So why not take another 14 days or two weeks and just, you know, maximize that momentum and, and hit it for 90 days. And so you've, you've changed your life in 90 days. And when we can get focused and we can get fine-tuned, we can do more in 90 days than we can do in nine months. And, and so, so those are two steps. Those are two steps, simple steps that you can take. And, uh, and again, going back to, you know, line number two, you know, I don't have the tools or skills. Everybody who's listening on their phone or has the internet has access to more information than the president of the United States did back in 1992. Right. So it's not about, it's not a matter of resources. It's a matter of resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. And, and in order to, in order to become resourceful, we've got to flip the switch, reframe and tap into that higher power. And that happens in that process with the daily dime, the daily dime, it will change your life. Do the daily dime all the time with the possibility principle in mind, and your life is going to be so much better Man. than it ever has. Now, guys, are you listening to this? Who doesn't have five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night? Like, how many of us scroll on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, whatever BS that we have? Um, on our lunch break or whatever, like how many of us, the first thing that we do is grab our phone. 
And now, why not? I, you know, I encourage everyone to take that five minutes each day and put your phone away and do the daily dime. Because if you are stuck in a spot right now, listen to Jeff. Jeff's not stuck. Jeff, how many world records do you have in Guinness? I've got two. Yeah, two. two. How many silver medals in the Olympics do you have? I only I only have uh, a silver and a bronze, no gold. He's modest only, only. That's still really impressive. A silver and a bronze, like most of the people. Not most of the people. A lot of people won't even get off their couch because of the demons that are stuck inside their head. And you went out and you're like, no, I'm gonna do this. Instead of impossible, you turned it to I'm possible, and I love that. Uh, on my desk, I have a quote from Nelson Mandela. It always seems impossible until it's done. And like that has been on my desk for four years. And I love how you did the wordplay with that. Uh, you know, your, your message is just incredible and your story is incredible. And I want to thank you for allowing this space to happen. Uh, you know, if I, I Excuse me. The question that I always like to ask people is, you know, the younger version of yourself. Um, and, you know, for you, it might be, you know, just th 30 years. What, your accident happened 30 years ago, you said? Yeah, I was 21 at the time. So it's nearly 30 years. I'm 50. Okay. So when you're 21, maybe laying in that hospital bed. And if you could go back to that version of yourself as the, as the man you are today, what do you think you would tell that young man laying in the hospital bed? Just don't quit. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. Capital D-O, capital I-T, do it. You have the ability. You are so much stronger than you think you are. You are so much more than you think you are. It's you know, the possibility is just around the corner and, um, and honestly, um, yeah, there's to believe in yourself and, and to do things quicker than you, when, than you, uh, you know, everyone I talk to who is successful and everyone I talk to, and even including myself, um, people never regret the decisions they make, but they always regret the decisions they don't make. Boom. That facts. Wow. And so, and so just, just make the decision, just take the steps, do, you know, do the actions that you believe you need to do. And, um, you know, I, I would be so much further along than I am right now, financially, socially, um, spiritually, if I were to just take those steps, um, quicker, just take those steps quicker. Um, because no one ever regrets the, the decisions they made. They always regret the decisions they didn't make. And, and so, you know, I knew five years before I left the education system to, to go speaking that, that I needed to do that. But, uh, you know, I'm married 
with my wife and, and I wanted her support and I wasn't going to do it without her support because it, it's, you need some support. You need some support along this journey. And, um, and then once, she, once she, she's like, you know what, Jeff, one night she rolled over and she looked at me, she's like, I know you want to make this jump. I know you want to jump with or without me. And I want to let you know that I'm willing to jump with you. And immediately I'm like, hallelujah, I'm jumping. And we jumped, but, uh, but I would, I would recommend to jump, jump early mm. and, uh, and trust yourself. Yeah. Trust, trust, trust yourself and and don't listen to the boo birds out there because there's a ton of boo birds out there there's a lot of naysayers a lot of people who say you can't do this you can't do that that what i can't is so debilitating so is is so poisonous and so limiting and the scary thing is is if you know i know that there's there's critics out there and what's sad is when the greatest and loudest critic is is you yourself mm -hmm. and so be be your greatest cheerleader be your greatest cheerleader You've got this. I love it. I love it. I, you know, my next, my, one of my last questions was going to be, what's your message to the world? But I, I don't, I think you might've just said it, but what's your message to the world, Jeff? My message to the world is just don't quit. Love it. I love it. Uh, now, you know, you are pretty business savvy. You're speaking all over the world, doing motivation. Uh, in your free time, what do you like to do? Yeah, that's a great question. I love to work out. I'm addicted to to drugs. You know, the endorphins and the dopamine <laughs> and, and uh, all those other things. And so if you don't find me in the gym, I'll be playing with my kids and uh, eating peanut butter M&M's. I love pizza and peanut butter M&Ms. And so um, I also love traveling. I love going and meeting other cultures, other people, and realizing that we are more alike than we are different. Mm -hmm. And if we don't focus on what we have in common, literally never have problems with this but apparently is it raining is it raining in indianapolis right now no it's beautiful outside <laughs> like okay i no idea what's going on um wow all right yeah oh, now I, it's like full bars it's white white and full bars right i don't okay well uh Jeff, um, I'm going to put all your stuff in the show notes and where they can find you guys go check out his YouTube channel, but it's motive Griffin motivation. So my website is griffinmotivation.com. YouTube is Jeff Griffin 10, I believe it is, or just Jeff Griffin. But uh, if you go to griffinmotivation.com, we've got our little handles at the top. You can, it will take you to our channel. It will take us to, to your, our Instagram page. Um, I would recommend going and grabbing my book. Um, if you go to my website and grab my book, you can get it on Audible. You can get it on Amazon as well. But if you go to my website and grab it, uh, you get two books. We'll send it, uh, you know, for free, no shipping included. And and for your listeners, Robert, what we'll do here is we'll add a little bit of love for those who are still here. 
And if you put the coupon code love, L-O-V-E, it will knock it off half price. And, uh, and so you can get those both books. I'm possible, Desire, Dream, Do, Endless Possibilities. And um, go and go and get uh, those books. We'll send you the possibility principle for free and just begin your own journey. Listen to that song that sings inside your soul. Conduct and orchestrate the song that sings inside your soul and know that you have the ability to achieve your dreams and desires.